0: Welcome to Step Up Your Home. I'm your host, Georgia, and I am here to remind you that you can create positive changes in your life through your immediate surroundings. Together with renovation experts and thought leaders in the toxic-free and healthy home space, I am so excited to share our knowledge and to show you how you can step up your home and your life. Hey guys, I'm super excited to be here on Step Up Your Home. Today, we're going to be talking about the design edit. I recently got some questions from a beautiful girl on Instagram about design, interior design, and and some really amazing, relevant questions. So I thought I would go through those three really important questions, answer them to the best of my ability, and hopefully you guys can learn a thing or two. Okay. So the first question, actually, her name is Georgia. Love it. Good name. Um, How did you get your first few design projects? So I love this question because I don't really talk about my history very much. I studied interior architecture at UNSW, which is in Sydney, Australia. And when I finished my degree, I could not find a job. I finished with first um, degree honours and I couldn't find a job anywhere in Sydney. I just entered this competition and um, had made the final selection. And one of the judges was the director of a very large, well-known architectural practice here in Melbourne, and they were finishing up a large job in Melbourne. So I got brought down for an interview to be the design assistant I was so out of my league, and of course, I didn't get the job. But while I was down here, I met a dear friend who um, happened to be a developer and knew lots of architectural practices in Melbourne. And once I sort of got this sniff of moving cities to Melbourne, I was like really excited about the idea. So I reached out to him, and he connected me with the design and architectural practice that I ended up being employed by. I worked there for two years and. I don't know why I just had this gut instinct and went out on my own. So went out on my own and straight away, when I went out on my own, Richie's aunt and uncle knew that I'd gone out on my own. They weren't happy with their current interior designer. And they asked me if I would help design their home. So of course I said, yes. And that was just the most amazing journey. I learned so much working for them. We had a great relationship and it was a beautiful high-end home. When we finished it, we took photos and that job went viral. It got onto The Contemporary, which is one of the global large online blogs, and it literally catapulted me into high-end interiors. So that is literally how I sort of got my name out there. That was how I got my first project. And from then people started reaching out to me and I was getting these like large scale high-end projects, which, you know, maybe when I look back at it, I probably – like could have been more insecure and afraid of them, but I wasn't, I was like really excited to take them on. And I was doing these major, major three level, massive properties, you know, like right in the first like year or two of me launching my business. So one of the things that I was taught by a really good friend who's also an interior architect is that to only put the things out there that will attract what you want to get. So if you want to be a commercial interior designer and only do commercial fit out and not residential, and you're only getting residential, but you're getting like one or two commercial, don't put out the residential, only put out the commercial, only put it on your Instagram, only put it on your website. Like, you know, there's so much um, desire to put our work out there, but what we put out there is what gets attracted to us. So that was one thing that I learned that I feel really helped me in directing myself to find the right clients for me. Okay. So the next question Georgia asks is, can you give me tips for designers wanting to go out on their own or startups? So I love this question because I think that we all get really bogged down in what could go wrong with going out on our own, my advice would be to start small on the side. You know, there are some amazing online platforms such as High Pages, which charges something like 200 and something a year. You know, you sign yourself up as an interior designer and you can get really small jobs in your area, which I think gives you starts giving you the confidence to work with clients and also the name. It starts allowing you to build these small portfolios. And some of the jobs you might get are, you know, designing joinery or help pick paint colors for the whole house or helping you with just the kitchen design or just the bathroom design. It's like those smaller jobs that are easy enough to put your toes into and do, whilst building your portfolio and being paid for it, I think that that's a great starting place. And also reach out to friends and family. Like if you want to build your portfolio and show people what you can create, like, do you have any friends or family that would be happy to renovate, but, you know, have these tiny budgets and they don't want to necessarily spend on an interior designer. And suddenly it's like, well, I'll design it for free, but can I do it for you and to show like my skill set, so it's a win win they get a designer for free, and you get a client you know to showcase your talent um so that would be another way that I would start up. but the truth is you know starting your own business is super scary. I just think you need to try your best not to think about all the hardships and the fear and the failure of it, and just like one foot at a time, like start with these smaller things until you build up enough that you feel confident to go out and step, step out onto, into your own space and do what you love doing for yourself. Or there might be this beautiful balance where you're working for someone two to three days a week contract and two to three days a week for yourself. And then you have the security of the regularity of pay and the excitement of like, autonomy for your own projects. So there's no right or wrong. And I think that that is what is so exciting right now. There is so much of that, this like job share or um, contract work where you can really direct how you want your lifestyle to be. Okay. George's next question is how do you go about sourcing trades and knowing who to trust if you don't have any previous experience working with them? Love this question. So the truth is, is that just like your clients need to give you, you a go, you need to give other people a go. What I normally do is I find a lot of my trades on line like I'll find them on high pages once I've found a good trade that I can trust they literally stick with me so like Richie and I take trades from job to job to job they become part of our family like we adore them and we don't let them go but they're we're always looking for new trades because someone might be busy or is it you know on this job for the next three months and they can't do what we need. So we're always looking for trades. If you're insecure about, you know, working with them when you haven't worked with them before, one great thing to do would be to ask them for at least three references. If they hesitate, that would be like sort of a warning sign. If they're like, absolutely. And then they send you three references, call them like straight away so that, you you know, like they don't have time to, you know, sort of give them a bit of warning that someone's calling and yeah, just ask them questions like, were they great? Were they friendly? Did they, were they reliable? Did they show up on time? How did you find their pricing? Would you use them again? You know, Um, if you feel you haven't gotten the answers, ask the guys, ask the tradesmen for more, you know, More references. And that's sort of how I gauge. And it's also like if you're writing to them and they're not getting back to you within like two days, that's like a very clear indication of how they're going to be when you're working with them. And it's very frustrating when you can't get responses from someone. I'm all about, you know, communication and respect for each other's time and getting back promptly and all of that sort of jazz. So I think that that's like also a great indication of who you will be getting in bed with. Okay, her next question is about charging and rates. So she wants to know fixed fee versus hourly rate, your thoughts on both payment structures and how you prefer to charge. So this is obviously coming from like a design perspective and charging. Most of the time I will charge as a fixed fee just because it allows me to calculate how much time I know from like 10 years of experience you know i will need to work on different parts of the project and that doesn't normally fluctuate like i know how long it will take us to get through those stages and also i feel as though if a client knows what they're paying up front it takes away a lot of the anxiety they're able to budget properly knowing that that fee is incorporated into their overall budget of that design i just think it's a win win for all and clear no surprises yeah, that would be how I normally charge. And I think that also, like that communication around money, I've really learned over my 10, 11 years of working for myself that talking about money is not a scary thing. It's a great thing. In the end of the day, this is how you put food on the table, and your clients are also earning and putting food on the table in their own way. They're coming to you for a service and you're charging for it. So talking about money shouldn't be any more awkward or different than. Talking about, you know, asking someone at the, at the gas station how much a can of Coke is. It's just finding out how much a price is, and you know, sometimes it can be scary because you think that your price is going to turn someone away. If it turns someone away, they're not for you. You're trying to create a lineage of clients that work for you, and so you have to be true to what you need. At the same time. It's important to do research in the marketplace as to what level you are at and what that level can charge. So it's really important to know where you are, um, how far in you are how after university and, and just really understanding your skill set and, and what you can charge, whether that's more or less and, and, and just respecting that. And as you grow and learn more, you can price yourself up. You know, it, it's as simple as that. Alrighty guys, that was a super fun Q&A. Love those questions. Please let me know what you thought and subscribe, sign up to Step Up Your Home. Don't forget to visit me on Instagram at georgia.ezra. Have a great week. I'm going to love you and leave you. Rock on.